So this is a re-upload of a video that I originally put on YouTube. Uh, it's a collaboration horror narration between myself and the Raven Dreams YT. So uh, just a quick little break here, and then that'll patch you right into the story intro and then the story itself. Enjoy. Yes, well, this is the first of sort of a narration video rather than something necessarily for ASMR that I've done. And I really want to take a moment to thank As the Raven Dreams. You can find him on Twitter at Raven's Dream YT. Did a really nice job at recording the main parts of the story and has really encouraged me and helped me continue on with this. So I can't thank him enough. Does a lot of hard work, puts in a lot of time uh, for his channel, and does a really fantastic job in the readings that he does. So I think if you're looking for narrations, um, there's no better place to start to be quite frank. So uh, really just want to once again say that uh, uh, I'd like to try to continue to release some more what I uh, would say is original content, um, some original horror stories, um, narrations, what have you. If you have anything that you think you'd like to hear me read, um, hit me up. So that being said, Let's go ahead and get to the story. I initially wrote this. I had um, kind of a August Derleth Lovecraft kind of inspiration. Um, so I wrote this, I think, the first part of it over just a lunch break and expanded to the rest. Um, so, without further ado, The Slumbering Nightmare. I was a man who, like many others, pursued wine, women, and song. While the books and libraries never held much interest to me, I must write now that I plan to leave my vineyard estate on the morrow. As it were, one of the workers sprang into a panic a few short weeks ago, the sort of wild-eyed dog panic you see in those stricken with religious epiphany. When we had calmed the man with wine and salves, I asked those around him what happened. They presented me with a piece of vine. On it, a clump of grapes grown together, with a curious blackened piece of twisted vine wrapped around it. They told me that there was an old rumor about a chamber beneath the earth where a sleeping curse had laid dormant. A curse that would drain the corrupt land and suckle men into the rock like water into sand. I dismissed this as foolishness, until my foreman came and told me that he too had heard such rumors when he was a child. He had heard that on the outskirts of our kingdom, there was a crumble of ruins that sat at the bottom of the swampland, fetid and with diseased insects, a reputed unholy ground that was a door to some forgotten subterranean hell. There is more I could write here, but suffice to say that I was skeptical of such a place, until I asked around in town, read some old books, saw some old maps. I find myself feverishly entranced by these old incantations and ruins. 
So, tomorrow, a fellow explorer, Percy, and I are venturing afar to see if these rumors are true. Hopefully, if anything else, we will find artifacts worthy of sale to local scholars. Sir Crellus of Oxtane, 5th month, 10th day of sun. Percy and I went to explore the hole. Near the castle ruins, it was covered with vines and brambles, but we found it. The interior was dark and dank and murky, so we lit torches as we descended the steps. As we walked, we were careful not to slip on the slime and niter-covered stones. There was a point as we descended where the walls seemed to have caved down, and to either side was nothing but black, below and on down. There was a deep phantasmal breathing as of some sleeping leviathan down in the darkness. Yet we were afraid, we continued. Soon we came to a place where the walls were formed as basalt-carved blocks, and down into a receiving hall larger than I'd ever seen, lost in forgotten majesty there beneath the earth. Our torches alighted columns with terrible carvings, and as we continued forward we could, in the faintest dim extent of the torchlight, see a throne pedestal. On the gold chair sat a decayed and dusting pile of bones. Behind it, though, was a different scene. What looked like a man, a large man, with tendrils of stone as if it were granite tendon piercing into his skin, with his fingers and feet embedded into the stone. Black, reddish mold, and fetid coated, the figure hung there suspended. There was writing on the wall that I couldn't read. Then Percy said to me that he did not feel well. As I looked at him, I saw that his feet appeared to be sunken into the stone. Rapidly, as if from some giant straw, he began to shrivel, falling to the ground on his hands and turning pale, making a sound as of broken bundles of kindling, as, in moments, he was reduced to a limp pile of clothing. Where his hands had touched the ground, he had cleared away a small figure on the stone. It showed a large ball as of the earth, covered in tendrils like claws, with a distorted face rising up from behind it, a tarred-looking face of swamp. Shaken with terror, I heard a noise, a reverberating sound like the deep breath inhaled by an elderly man straining to regain his air. In the flickering light, I saw the figure on the wall raise its head, and though it had not much of a face, it looked directly at me and began to open a crusted, sticky maw of a mouth. I recall not my flight from that place, up the stairs and here to the outpost beyond the pine forest edge. They say I was hysterical. I think perhaps my mind is broken, for I swear that I can still hear that breathing. Feel that breathing beneath the ground. In wandering to a place long forgotten, I fear that Percy and I may have awakened the end of the sleeping world, and brought out of slumber a horrible nightmare. Sir Crellus of Oxtain, eighth month, last day of sun. I recall being roused from my slumber, one of the brothers shaking my shoulder and telling me to come quickly. So rubbing the sleep from my eyes and with haste, I followed the monk to his room, the man with no face. When I entered, he spoke to me without turning. I read the letter. They did it. They found the sleeping place and they entered it. The dim light of an oil lamp, he nodded ruefully to himself, spoke to me again in a baritone voice. Wake the men and get the wagons. 
The end will come soon if we do not act swiftly. Using a key from around his neck, he unlocked what I was told was a sacred chest. Looked as if it had been pulled from the bottom of some dismal lagoon. Inside, my master had said, was a weapon rumored to be one of the most powerful artifacts known to the kingdoms. When he reached inside, he removed what looked to me like a rusted old iron bar, pitted, spiked, with a simple leather wrapping at one end. A disappointment or confusion must have been written across my brow, for he spoke to me again. As all things, brother, there is more than meets the eye. Grasping the weapon, he turned to me and gazed upon me with hollow eyeless sockets. The face I saw for only a moment, before starting as I always did when I unfortunately caught a glimpse of it. Now go, we must hurry. Official record of the last breathing, penned by K.L. I write this with shaking hand. I'm not sure if my mind can stand the strain of what's happened. It's not over. Never will be. But for now, things are at least settled. The war against the slumbering nightmare lasted a long time. If I think about how many have died, it makes me want to end my life. But the man told me that it was forbidden. That doing so would cause the reopening of an injury. I often don't know what he was talking about. However, when he spoke those words, I could sense a seriousness and gravity that, if there is any salvation for what I have done, it's that I must not end my life. Oh, poor Percy. Percy is down there now, in that accursed place, upon that wall, that terrible wall underground, slumbering again, perhaps until the day comes again when fools venture where they shan't. The man with no face said he would guard it for a while, but how long is the life of a man? Either way, it is time to go rest in the fields, to feed animals and keep my head from books and spells and terrors deep under the ground. Sir Crellus of Oxtain, first month of summer. Hastily scribbled into the yellowing last pages of the old journal in bold letters is the following, written by a hand unknown and unsigned. I took only the briefest of glimpses before retreating. Down there embedded in that wall, it's the body of Percy. Sitting in front of it is a crouched, dog-like, fearsome visage of stone carved as a warning to watchdog. How long can a man keep guard? Not long, but one of stone, one of the old guards. They have the patience of ages. Do not enter this place. Thank you so much. I really hope you enjoyed the story. Let's do this again soon. Uh, if there's anything that you'd like to talk about or share any original content of your own, I'd be more than happy to talk to you on Twitter and perhaps we can collaborate on one of these reads sometimes as well. So take care and have a great night. Thank you. <laughs>